Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN, and this is where we hear from the businesses and services available in the Buffalo area. If you'd like to be on the program, send me an email at randy.bushover at intercom.com. Joined in studio with uh, by Jason Barrett, who is founder and head distiller with Black Button Distilling of Rochester. But it's not just about Rochester, although we certainly cover a lot of businesses in western New York here, but you do have a Buffalo presence, right, Jason? We do. We have a taste room down at 149 Swan Street, and about half our staff work here in Buffalo. And a couple of interesting things right off the top about Black Button Distilling that really kind of set you apart. You actually founded, started the business at the age of 24, and usually people your age are kind of more thinking about drinking such spirits (laughs) rather than working on making spirits. uh, I've always said I've been living life in fast forward, Uh, but yeah, at 24 years old, I quit my job, sold my house, moved back to my hometown uh, up here in western New York, and uh, started my own company making bourbon. What possessed you? What gave you the idea that this might actually work and then actually come out with quality products? So uh, my family had been in manufacturing for four generations. Uh, It's actually how we got the name Black Button is my family's run a button factory. Uh, for those four generations, and I'm colorblind, so the joke is if I uh, took over the factory, we'd only be able to make black buttons. So I knew I didn't want to go into the family business, but I wanted to go into something where I would make things with my hands. Uh, shortly after college, I started home brewing beer, and uh, that led me to starting to work with a lot of the microbreweries uh, down in D.C. where I was living at the time. And then I started working with a micro distillery and ended up deciding I loved what they were doing a lot more than I loved what I was doing. So why not? risk it all and see where it goes and a couple things come into play in, at least in my mind because this is how my mind works rochester as many people know brewing but like beer because mm-hmm. there are certain big name manufacturers of that particular libation there yep and, and also kentucky and, and places south tennessee kind of more known for bourbon so how did that enter the your frame of reference how does that work so there's two things one of the things that's important for making good beer and good whiskey is good water and we have that both in Rochester as well as Kentucky. You want a mineral-rich, uh, very soft water. And again, something that both of those places have. Uh, a large portion of the reason why Kentucky ended up being sort of the home of uh, distilling in our country was just that they were far away from the prying eyes of the revenuers during the whiskey taxes, uh, you know, 150 years ago. So that's just where a lot of the local knowledge was. Um, but, you know, every... You know, every state at this point is making whiskey, um, and there's about 25 people making bourbon here in New York State. We're probably the fifth largest. And you, you touched on uh, one of the basic core ingredients for, for making anything, uh, particularly bourbon. But what also makes Black Button Distilling stand out is where you produce it. You actually grow literally everything that goes into it, right? Yeah, so we're uh, very kind of self-reliant, do-it-yourself kind of folks. Uh, we you know, we work with uh, one family farm in Groveland, New York, to grow all of the corn, wheat, rye, and malted barley we use. We have our own farm where we're actually building our own barrels, 
growing juniper to make gin um, and starting to um, soon we're going to be putting up a greenhouse to grow the rest of the botanicals we use for gin. Uh, we then bring that to our factory in Rochester, uh, you know, manufacture it into the whiskey, vodka, and gin that we uh, that we sell. And then actually, we even have our own sales team that go right out, work with local restaurateurs, local liquor stores, and we deliver it ourselves on our own trucks. So and, we're yep, doing and you the whole and you thing. just touched on the uh, the most basic component is is the water. So it's not something you can grow. Where does yours come from? So we're on the old uh, city water system, so our water comes from Hemlock Lake, uh, which is one of the Finger Lakes, um, and just geologically it has you know very soft, very pure uh, water, uh, so that's one of the reasons why, uh, why our whiskey and a lot of the beer that comes out of Rochester is so good. And also the fact that it's you know, closer to, to purchase than maybe some other places might be. Yeah, there's no doubt that buying local is good for the environment, good for the local economy, um, you know, you're supporting 108 employees that work right here in Western New York. Again, many of them right in Buffalo, whether it's at our tasting room or our sales reps that you'll see out on the street. And, uh, and that sense of community is important to us as well. We try to be a part of a lot of local fundraisers, uh, local charity events, and, uh, and hopefully you'll see us out in the community at various food events and other things like that throughout the year. Listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. We're chatting with Jason Barrett, who is founder and head distiller with Black Button Distilling. And regardless of what you're making, bourbon, gin, vodka, uh, the process requires a certain amount of time. Uh, any of those particular concoctions take less time or less manpower to create? So vodka and gin only take three or four weeks from grain to being in the bottle. Uh, so those we're kind of able to make throughout the year. Uh, but we, uh, we're making bourbon three to five, sometimes even ten years ahead of when it'll be able to be sold. So that ends up being a little tricky. How do you project how much of a product you're going to sell in March of 2022? So uh, we, we take our best guess. And <laughs> also, uh, as, as far as taste is concerned, there's, there's, I guess there's like either a smooth characteristic or maybe a little rougher, depending on your palate. Mm-hmm. How, where does yours come in? Kind of more on the smooth side of things? Yeah, so actually back to the, the climate idea, one of the interesting things, it's so cold up here in western New York for so long in January, and the barrels basically sit in an unheated warehouse, that we lose 22% of what's in that barrel over the course of the three years that it's there. But the first things that evaporate off are the more volatile compounds that give you that rough around the edge sort of ack-ack in the back of your throat. Uh, so we end up with incredibly smooth whiskey for being three to five years old, partly because of the size barrels we use, partly because of the care we take in making it. But a lot of it just has to do with the, the fabulous weather we have up here in western New York. Is the reference still the angels share when that happens? Yep, yep. And they're, they're pretty sous then if they're taking 22% of yeah, every I mean, barrel. Yeah, I mean, you walk into the barrel warehouse, it smells fantastic. There's bourbon in the air. Although if it smells too fantastic, we know one of them's leaking, and now we've got to go through the stacks and find it. Right. Special so. place that you get the barrels from? Uh, so they're actually made up in the Adirondacks at Adirondack Cooperage. Um, so they've got 11 workers up there uh, right near Boonville uh, that are taking New York and Pennsylvania white oak. And, uh, and forming those barrels and shipping them down to us. And then we actually have a custom char level with them, how much they burn the inside of the barrel to bring out more of those vanillins and caramels that we really look for in a whiskey. Uh, breaking it down to, to, to the basics of your start, uh, first of all, the, the tasting process much, must have been interesting because uh, you said you had a background in distilling, so you mm-hmm. kind of knew the approach you had to take. But still, y- you have to come up with something 
that you could potentially sell. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the idea of creating yep. the distillery, after all. Yep. So how how did that work? How how long? How many batches did you have to go through? And do you do small batches first and then produce the larger? So interestingly enough, our batch size has stayed the same since the beginning. We make everything a thousand bottles at a time. The nice part about a thousand bottles is big enough that we have something to show for it at the end of the day, but small enough that we can really control the quality. Um, For the bourbon and the gin, I was very fortunate that I did a lot of work and study on those while I was getting my master distilling certificate in Spokane, Washington. So those recipes were ready to go. Uh, But ironically, the vodka took us quite a while. And you would say vodka, you know, Jason, that's got to be one of the easiest ones. It's actually one of the harder ones because there's nowhere to hide any imperfections. So it probably took 10, maybe even 11 batches to really get that one right. And so for anyone that had our, our vodka in the very early days, it had a a distinctive taste, um, but we've cleaned that up since then. <laughs> and it literally just takes any kind of sugar source, right? But Because like, I know anything from a potato to a grape, because some people do that. Yep. What is the basis for yours? So we're a grain-based distillery, so we use predominantly corn, soft winter wheat, uh, Danko rye, and two-row malting barley. Ah, and it's in a specific uh, secret formula kind of combination? Uh, it's not even that secret. We print it right on the back of the bottle. <laughs> Um, we do use different uh, percentages depending on what we're going to make. And the equipment we have, I like to joke, is the Swiss Army knife of distilling. So depending on how we configure it, we can make vodka one day, bourbon the next day, gin on Friday. Uh, it's very adaptable. And one of the reasons we bought equipment so versatile was because we could only buy one set and we wanted to make a number of different things. And certainly you're kind of constrained by the growing season for, and, and then the fact that it takes a little while for the aging process, specifically for the bourbon. So do you kind of lay in supplies, like you have stuff bagged and ready to use to kind of keep going throughout the course of the year? Or is it only a, this is when we brew the, do the bourbon and then we put it in the casks and then a couple of time, you know, months, years it ages and then we sell it? So it's a bit of both. So vodka, gin, uh, most of our gins and bourbon we can make year round because once the grain is dry, it stores very well. Uh, but our apple pie moonshine and our lilac gin are, and our loganberry gin are some of the seasonal products we make that we can only make in the seasons when those products are available. So cider apples available in the fall. Uh, we force bloom lilacs in a greenhouse in the spring. And then uh, we get loganberries uh, from a local farm as well as a farm out in Oregon. I know that's an odd way to put it, but there aren't a lot of places growing loganberries. Um, and we get those during loganberry season. We're able to make our loganberry gin. So yeah. it depends on the product. I'm sure you're aware there's a certain product that's very popular around here that's made with Loganberry that has I was, some traction. I was told that. Uh, <laughs> several, again, as I mentioned, about half our staff is here in Buffalo. Uh, every year we survey the staff of what uh, product ideas do they have, and then me and the production guys will start to tinker and see what really comes about. Uh, and that was one we spent a lot of time on last year, and then we were able to release this spring, uh, and it's been a huge hit here in Buffalo. And established uh, 2012 years when you founded the, the yeah. company, Black Button Distilling. Was bourbon basically the first, or did you roll out a bunch of things altogether? So vodka, gin, and moonshine were the first three products, because, again, they only take a couple weeks to make. Uh, by about six weeks in, we were making bourbon, but it was a full year before we released the first bourbon. And at this point, our bourbon is aged three to five years, um, and we have stuff laid down even for like a 10-year run. Uh, but, again, we've only been at this for a couple years, so it takes a little while. If you had to put a finger on one thing, what, what kind of put you on the map? Uh, the thing that really put us on the map, actually, is our bourbon cream. So our bourbon cream is like an Irish cream, but made with bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, it's by far our best seller. 
Uh, it's been written up nationally, internationally. We've beat every other cream on the market at every tasting we've ever gone to. Uh, it's definitely our All-Star. I was going to say, for being around seven years, uh, starting to get some national acclaim from a number of sources, I guess. Yeah, so uh, we're distributed in 14 states at this point. We actually export to Japan. Uh, we recently partnered with Constellation Brands to help expand our distribution. And, uh, and just last week, we were named to the Inc. 5000 uh, for the second time as one of the 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in the country. And we're doing it all right here in western New York. Now, again, we'll get back to the fact you have a Buffalo tasting room, but as far as your location, your general location, uh, hours of operation for when people can go by and maybe take a tasting, do a tour? It, so, uh, so Rochester's open Wednesday through Sunday, um, basically 3 to 9 during the week and 11 to 11 on the weekends. Uh, Buffalo is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, again, 3 to 9 Thursday and Friday, 11 to 10 on Saturday, and noon to 6 on Sunday. Ah, conveniently on the weekends. I like that. That is when we get most of our traffic. I was going to say, it probably makes more sense, right? Yeah. Anything else that we'd have, we haven't uh, thrown out there about Black Button Distilling that people should know? Um, again, I mean, it's just we're a, a local manufacturer, distributor, and, uh, and seller of spirits. We make a wide variety of spirits. We'd love to invite people to come down. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are intimidated by spirits. They don't, you know, I don't know how to make a gin and tonic, or I don't know how to make the fancy cocktails that I see downtown. Uh, so one of the things that we really preach is trying to have cocktails that are easy to make, uh, some of which you can even batch. So if you're having a party, uh, you don't have to stand there all night shaking a shaker. Uh, so we're happy to teach people how to do those things in our classes. Uh, and really, it's just a great opportunity to learn more about, uh, about spirits. And uh, again, among those spirits, rye. I don't know that we mentioned rye. What makes it so, I don't know, dry-ish, if that's certain uh, a quality to give a name to? Yeah, so rye grain is almost like grass. And the seeds have that dry, spicy note that is traditionally associated with rye. Um, that is the spirit prior to Prohibition that you would have had in this area. Um, just it grows very well in our climate. Um, about six years ago or four years ago, there was a movement to bring back pre-Prohibition style rye. Uh, so us and eight other uh, distri- distillers started making empire style rye in the, in the style that would have been made in this area prior to Prohibition. Um, and, yeah, we come out with it every fall. So we'll have that back in October. Very good. Looking forward to giving it a taste and to uh, whatever you guys got come down the pike because I'm sure you're not done making certain. There's always new ideas flowing out of Black Button. Absolutely. Jason, pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Jason Barrett, founder and head distiller with Black Button Distilling, and this is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.